Boy, oh boy, the Winnipeg Jets are in trouble. They are floundering, having fallen 3 0 to the San Jose Sharks on Tuesday night. What is it going to take to turn this team around and get them to play hockey again? The federal budget was released on Tuesday. We get the full breakdown from Global's David Aiken, and then we check in with our own Richard Cloutier to find out how that budget will affect Manitoba. The Winnipeg Ice begin their quest for the Memorial Cup on Friday with the beginning of the Western Hockey League playoffs. We check in with one of their bright young stars. And what is your Achilles heel when it comes to food or drink? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Who's off this week? We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Wednesday, March 29th podcast for The Start. It's cold. We are looking for a high of one Woo! on Sunday. Woo! I'm still wrapping my head around the idea that we haven't had a single day in March without a day, a daytime high above zero. First time in 124 years. So if you're miserable and you're upset about it, we don't blame you. If you're miserable and upset about the play of the Winnipeg Jets, we don't blame you either. Yeah, Greg's crusty today. He came out guns blazing here, so I'm just going to sit back and turn Greg loose. Go ahead, Greg. No, I got to be careful what I'm going to say here right now because I am completely frustrated. I am wearing a Winnipeg Jets jersey. Jackie looked at me this morning. She goes, why are you wearing that? Cam Poitras, wearing a Jets jersey? I said, yeah, because I'm loyal to the end. I'm loyal to the bitter end. No blind loyalty, though. I just I can't believe how this team is not getting results. I can't believe how they're playing. Cam will join us at 8.35 for our weekly Jets update, and we'll dig into this. You'll hear through Cam Sports uh, this morning, 6.25, 7.25, 8.25, from Rick Bonus, from Mark Shifley, a player who's been a lightning rod for criticism over the last several weeks. He spoke to the media last night, and I don't know if it clarifies anything. The head coach is as exasperated as the fans, as far as I can tell. So we'll really dig into this around 8.35, Brett. But this whole notion of the Winnipeg Jets falling from a battle for first place most of 2022, the first two-thirds of the season to now be battling for a playoff spot, it's inexplicable. I, I just if I had if I had the answers, you'd be sitting here with a stranger or somebody else altogether because I'd have a job in hockey. I just, I don't get it. I don't think the players, to a certain extent, get it. And Rick Bonus, as I mentioned, he, he sounds exasperated. I don't think he knows what's going on either. And he's as close to the situation as you can get. Jets have scored, what, nine goals in their last seven games, which uh, contain three shutouts. Where they got shut out, they got blanked last night. We're going to get the sounds of the game in two minutes here. Blanked by St. Louis on March 19th, and uh, Nada Bupkis Zip Tweedy on March 16th against Baston. Since the All Star break, the San Jose Sharks have won exactly four hockey games. Two of those games are against the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> they have two wins now in their last 16 starts, both of them. Against the Jets, the San Jose Sharks are at the bottom of the Western Conference standings. What, what, like, what else do you need to know at this point in terms of the in terms of the empirical evidence that things are going 
not only sideways, but a downward spiral right now. And it's just, it's so disappointing because this community loves their hockey team. They want to get on board. They want to yell and scream and shout in positivity. But right now, the Jets are not giving them a ton of reasons to do so. So we've got our Wednesday Paul Edmonds commentary coming up at 7.55. We have our weekly Wednesday Jets chat. Cameron Poitras is from Jets at Noon. Going to join us at 8.35, as Greg was saying. And in just a moment, we have our sounds of the game. But, of course, we'll have lots to discuss this morning as well. On the federal budget, we'll get a breakdown at 6.35, more detailed breakdown from Global's David Aiken and a couple of things. And in case you're curious as to when this grocery rebate is going to make its way out, uh, we got this detailed synopsis from Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland. Okay, I cannot say precisely because delivering this stuff takes time. Um, but you know, within the next within the next couple of months, how's that? That's helpful. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Coach Bonus's comments last night, trying to clarify what's going on with his hockey team. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. Probably better that it's kind of clear as because they're they, to come out and just be outright with it and say uh, soon ish. And then, then there's no expectations because with we saw it on the provincial level. There was, you know, we thought that these things were coming. Sure. And I just talked to somebody who just got their their check last week, like a month after the rollout started, three weeks or a month after the rollout started. So that was a bit of a a mess. I wonder if Christian Freeland was a bartender or uh, in the service industry once upon a time. Number one rule of uh, sales is to under promise and over deliver. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So. Could be. Could be. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. In our next segment, we're going to tell you how you can win stuff. And it has to do with this popcorn machine we have in our kitchen. Really nice gesture. Kind of cool to have a like a like an old-timey popcorn cart. In our kitchen. It's causing problems. I don't want it here. <laughs> Get it out! I can't have it here! I can't <laughs> be around it. Why, Brett? Because it's my Achilles heel. Mm. So we want to get into that in our next segment. What is your Achilles heel as it pertains to food or drink? But much of the federal liberal government's 2023 budget is geared towards helping Canadian households make ends meet. Or at the very least, for example... Shaving a few dollars off the cost of a concert ticket. Global's David Aiken reports. And that is what this budget invests in. The possibility for every single Canadian to share in the remarkable opportunities that Canada provides. And in the new era of prosperity that we will build together. The budget centerpiece is a one-time cost-of-living rebate worth $467 for couples with children, $234 for single Canadians, and an extra $225 for seniors. The government is calling it a grocery rebate, but you can spend it on anything you want. It will be paid out to 11 million Canadians when 
That's TBD. Given the pressures that household budgets are under, I can imagine that any amount's going to be helpful. The government also promises to lower credit card transaction fees for businesses and prohibit what it calls hidden junk fees that consumers pay. Things like roaming charges or surcharges for concert tickets, even excess baggage fees. Freeland also announced an expansion of what is now called the Canadian Dental Care Plan. That's a plan that had covered dental bills for children in lower-income households. Now, by the end of 2023, any uninsured person in a household earning less than $90,000 can get federal dental coverage. The government is also scaling back a planned tax hike on beer, wine and spirits. The alcohol excise tax will now jump 2% on April the 1st rather than 6.5%. Overall, new spending commitments total $43 billion over the next five years, and most of that is a result of increased health transfers to the provinces. This is, I think, a bit of a pivot for, for this Liberal government. It's a relatively small budget. The government says its budget plan is sustainable. Our country has a proud tradition of fiscal responsibility. That is a tradition we are determined to uphold. David Aiken, Global News. Ottawa. I like the fact that the government is pointing out some of these things where we seem to be getting taken advantage of to remain polite as consumers, like you know, roaming fees and these fees on top of fees, even though the government has no problem, you know, charging the GST on fuel on top of the provincial excise tax, but that's a conversation, I guess, for another day. But I, I think there'll be some others who wonder like about this government overreach. They see it as government overreach in terms of getting involved in the day-to-day operations of some businesses. But I like the fact that they're standing up for consumers. Sometimes I wonder what takes them so long. Uh, this grocery rebate isn't going to be received by everyone. So it's not going to help everyone. And coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll speak with Vince Barletta at Manitoba Harvest, Brett. They had another record month last month. And so does that even put a dent in the issue for some Manitobans? And the other question has to do with with just the overall spending. The healthcare stuff and the healthcare transfers, I think people have been clamoring for that. That's, that, that's a good thing, but we're, we're still spending more than we, we take in. Now, if you missed it earlier, if you're wondering when is that grocery rebate going to go out for those 11 million Canadian households who would qualify. Get your calendar out. This is a very specific date coming. This is Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland laying it down. Okay, I cannot say precisely because delivering this stuff takes time. Um, but, you know, within the next... Within the next couple of months, how's that? It's almost like she didn't know she was going to get that question. How do you not know that's going to be one of the first two or three questions? It was certainly, it was sort of like the star of the budget, right? In terms of the amount of people directly impacted by this rebate. And you did know you were going to get that question. I mean, it's pretty, pretty weak answer. There are some, uh, there's an article as well at globalnews.ca that uh, puts a, because, I mean, look, there's so much information to go through in these budgets. So there's the headline is, here are five ways budget 2023 will impact your wallet. And on those junk fees, uh, they're planning to crack down on the hidden and additional fees that crop up and everything from concert tickets to airfare, from telecom services to excessive shipping costs. So details were sparse on how and when the government would tackle these fees. 
But the budget said Ottawa would work with regulatory agencies, provinces, and territories to reduce those unfair and excessive costs on some common expenses. U.S. government recently announced a similar crackdown on fees as consumers have swiftly complained online in the past few years about the exorbitant amounts charged for tickets to popular concerts, for example. But while some measures in the budget might reduce what you pay on airfare, others could see those costs rise because the air traveler's security charge, which is typically paid by passengers on their tickets and helps to fund security screening and baggage protection services, that's set to rise under the 2023 budget proposal. So the ATSC rate for a round-trip domestic flight would rise almost $5 to $19.87. And an international flight will see the charge hiked by nearly $9 to $34.42 on a flight out of Canada. So kind of feels like a shell game. It always is, Brett, right? We'll take it from here and we'll give it there and and the other way around. Uh, Do we have time to play this this clip with regards to payday loan companies? Sure. This is as far as... um, David Aiken, by the way, spoke at length with anchor Donna Friesen, and David pointed out something interesting pertaining to payday loan companies. Well, you know what, Don, I've been around Parliament Hill for, I don't know, seems like a lifetime, it almost is, 25-odd years, and I didn't know today that in the criminal code, there is actually a criminal interest rate, believe it or not. I think it's like 47%. Um, so that, if you charge someone 47% interest, that is apparently a criminal code offense. What the government is doing in this budget is lowering the criminal rate of interest, and they're bringing that down to 35%. I certainly hope to God, if you're forced to borrow something at 35%, you can find someone else to borrow from, but that will be the rate at which it becomes criminal to lend money to someone. So that's where they did on, on the payday oh. loans. Well, There's I think a lot that's little... important because there were a lot of uh, anti-poverty advocates who were pushing yes. for that, who said that these interest rates at payday loan companies are predatory, some say even criminal, because they are so high. And the people who rely on these payday loans, of course, are people who can't get traditional financing through a bank and need to pay their bills and need emergency funding. And so they kind of have to rely on this. So, And we, we talked about things that the NDP and Jagmeet Singh are going to point to and say, we did that. That would be one of them. They've been They've been pounding away to do something about the payday loan industry and exploitation by the payday loan industry for some time now. Five or nine dollars on a three or four or five hundred or seven hundred dollar airfare. I don't get worked up about that. But when the government steps in and says our most vulnerable who may not have access to traditional banking services are getting, I'm going to use the word, screwed over like that and they step in, that's the kind of thing we need to see more of, in my opinion. It's Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. Right now, we want to talk about your Achilles heel as it pertains to food or drink. because And the timing on this could not be worse because I've been trying to shake my pandemic weight. I've been trying to drop a couple of pounds heading into the spring and the summer. And now we've got, uh, we got word the other day that we have a photo shoot at work. We're getting new shots for the website that's coming up the same day that I have to MC an event on April 19th. So I, I have to lose weight. So naturally, they <laughs> our, our uh, management, and it's a really kind thing. It's a fun thing. People are really enjoying it. But they brought in a popcorn maker, like a an old-timey popcorn cart, like something you'd see at a at a fair or something like that. Like it's a genuine popcorn maker. It's cool. And uh, I resisted yesterday. I broke down today and tried it. I confess <sighs> I'm part of the plot, Brett. 
Because if you lose weight and I've got to stand next to you in that photo shoot, <laughs> then uh, that means I have to as well. So if you maintain, then you see you make me look better. So uh, I apologize. <laughs> this is part Sabotage. of a conspiracy. Sabotage. <laughs> I knew wow, about with friends like these. Was eh? Your weakness. So I went to management. Is there any way we could get a popcorn cart upstairs for a week? <laughs> Yeah, all you can smell through our hallways is popcorn. It's it's wonderful and it's it's really really neat thing. But uh, geez, it's hard. So that like salty snacks are my Achilles heel. They will call to me from the convenience store next to my apartment building at whatever time. Doesn't matter what time I'm watching something. So two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. What is your Food or drink, Achilles heel. And uh, Greg, uh, you've actually been doing a remarkable job um, with, uh, what is it, just even cans of pop. Yeah, Coke specifically. I can't claim, like, I'll have the odd Fresca, okay. uh, Sprite once in a while, but I haven't had a, a Coke in over a month, and I haven't been to a drive through in over a month now. That's great. So just baby steps for me, because I had a very smart person in my life once upon a time uh, say, you're never going to beat this thing all in one fell swoop. It's baby steps, small uh, pieces. So, yeah, I don't get those cravings now when I pass the golden arches. I, I, I think I've licked it. I won't say for sure completely, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I don't crave it the way I was, say, five, six weeks ago. So that's good. Thank you for suggesting that. But uh, now chocolate bars. Chocolate bars. <laughs> I've stepped into the picture. Jackie was at a food show in Toronto last week, and she comes home with all this candy and chocolate bars. Included was an entire, like, display size case or <laughs> box of crunchy chocolate bars and we were talking about this on monday i had one here to share with uh, loren she doesn't like the sponge toffee Mm. so we were talking about it on air and uh (laughs) dave funk at funker 1515 taunting me with the double size (laughs) crunchy bar on twitter yesterday saying that he uh, endorses my uh choice uh, of the crunchy bar so I don't eat a lot of chocolate bars, but when I start eating them, Cam, it's like I'll have one, and I'll have one the next day, and I'll, like, have, like, you know, two or three days, and then I won't have another one for, like, four or five, six months. Right now, I'm uh, I'm like the Jets. I'm I'm in sort of a chocolate bar slump. <laughs> maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need a chocolate bar. <laughs> they need a Snickers. Maybe, maybe somebody needs to bring out a Snickers or something. <laughs> what about you, Cam? Oh, uh, well, I mean, uh, this this is, like... It's. I'm very specific about the chips that I love. I love all chips. It's very few chips that I will not eat. Um, but again, like I've I've gone over this several times on this show, and I will over for the rest of my life. My my ultimate weakness are two specific chips: round corn chips, white corn chips, like Tostitos. Plain to- round. You can stack them about ten high and cram those into your mouth. Um, I love those. No salsa or anything like that. I mean, I like salsa. I'm, I like the cheese sauce and stuff like that, but I, I prefer them just plain. Um, and then low sodium, uh, no name brand Ripple chips. So specifically like a, like a generic brand. The, yeah. Like it's you, low not, or no sodium, low sodium. So low compared to like the regular stuff. Yeah. It's still a heck of a lot of salt. I'm not in denial. Um, but yeah, those, those two are my ultimate weakness are those two chips. And the yeah. lightly salted ripple chips. Do you, and that's just, you just eat them plain, like uh, no dip or anything. No dip, nothing. Just, just shovel those in, in my mouth is 
fast as humanly possible. Again, great stackable chips where you can stack again, 10, 15 up on top of each other and just like shove them uh, directly in your mouth. It's fantastic. <laughs> Pringles are great for that. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Pringle, I'm, Pringles are good too. I love Pringles, but those are my two ultimate, ultimate weaknesses. Fair enough. Yeah. Skylar Peters, what about you? Uh, no, GMAC was talking about the uh, Canada Life Center press box yesterday. The popcorn in there is just a problem for me. <laughs> it's it's yeah, good. Seats 47 and 48 when Christian O'Mell and I are up there. Uh, it looks like a darn war zone after we're through <laughs> with it, usually by the first intermission or so. So that's an issue. And then the Costco-sized bag of munchies, boys. It's just the combination of everything you need on an NFL Sunday when you sit down on the couch at like 1145 (laughs) and I get up for the first time to Mm -hmm. not relieve myself at like 845 and the whole thing's gone. Oh, baby. So I'm not doing that this season, boys. Although it is Blue Jays opening day tomorrow, a little 307 game. I'm working the morning shift, so I I am breaking out the munchies. Again, again, you snack, uh, you you stack uh, uh, the the pretzel on top of the Cheeto, on top of the Dorito, on top of the Sun Chip, and you you're Yeah, you get all four in there. You, You get that in you and you're you're a happy camper you're all about like making little snack sandwiches why don't you just eat a sandwich man like an actual well, i put sandwich. them in sandwiches actually that's why i also like the tostitos because i'll put them in a sandwich do you, cr- do you crush them i up? do yeah oh, that's really I'm good a, with a piece of salami mayo mustard <laughs> on a piece of rye bread crash a bunch of chips in there that's the greatest meal to me honestly it's my favorite thing <laughs> is it maurice Leggett that used to put the chips on the sandwich could be <laughs> could be forte what about you uh, I did this last night, and it's I think it's becoming a bit of a problem. So I'll be out for a walk, you know, trying to be healthy, trying to get some uh, workout in, and then I get a little hungry, and uh, there's a Mary Brown's right beside <laughs> me, and I've been getting the buffalo bites, and I dip them in the blue cheese, and it just, like, oh, it's, stop, it's, it's been, I know, it's been happening I've done this at least four times where I'm walking and I'm ordering on the app as I'm walking. <laughs> that's like that's like net zero. You know how we're trying to be like carbon neutral? You're yeah. trying to be like, it's, it's the same thing. I think that's oh. net zero. I'm with, I'm with Skylar on that. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. When it comes to food, when it comes to drink, what is your Achilles heel? The thing that perhaps wakes you up at night calls to you from your cupboard or your fridge or maybe something that beckons you from your home. I'm perfectly comfortable on my couch, but I now need to go out and get this because I just thought of it and I can't get it out of my head. Coming up in a moment, we're going to talk about The effects of the federal budget on Manitoba. But a reminder that if you are just tuning in, you are being asked to tell us what is your Achilles heel when it comes to food or drink, like popcorn, salty snacks for me. And sure enough, there's now a popcorn maker in our kitchen for at least the next few days. It smells delicious. I tried it. It's tasty, but I just have to avoid it. What does Mike say, Greg? I like cheese, any kind of cheese, cheddar, gouda, shredded. Even if it comes out of a jar, I'll let cheese whiz. I'm all over it. It is surely the devil's food, and our fridge is always stocked with several varieties. And shameless shout-out to Manitoba's own Bothwell cheese. It is heavenly in any flavor. Crackers also play a part in my desires. Keep those stories coming for a chance to win some tickets either for the Manitoba Moose versus Grand Rapids on April 7th or tickets for the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place April 7th to the 9th. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Much of the federal liberal government's 2023 budget is geared towards helping Canadian households make ends meet 
or at the very least, for example, shaving a few dollars off the cost of a concert ticket. Finance Minister Christopher Freeland teed up the 2023 spending plans as providing support for vulnerable Canadians who are feeling stressed about their own budgets after a year of high inflation and rapidly rising interest rates. And of course, the grocery rebate, a big part of that. Some proposed measures will make a direct impact on households, while others will change the kind of charges and interest rates businesses can levy at Canadians. Was there anything in the budget which will help Manitoba in particular. Richard Cluche, co-host of the news and veteran dissector of budgets, civic, provincial, and federal, joins us now. Morning, Richard. Hey, morning, guys. I won't ask you how I'm, many budgets. Well, it's, it would probably be approaching 100 plus when you look at city, provincial, federal budgets, if not over 100. I'm just eating my oatmeal this morning with blueberries, and I'm thinking... Kind of the federal budget is if I were to add um, bananas, whipped cream, uh, some candy, some of that popcorn that we have, because there's a lot in this for a lot of organizations, a lot of groups. And I think, you know, what Christopher Friedland says, this is a responsible spending budget, um, maybe compared to previous liberal budgets. Um, the NDP have a big impact on this. And so when we talk specifically of Manitobans, it's, you know, a Canada wide budget, but there are some um, specifics for Manitoba, particularly Lake Winnipeg. And like most budgets, you get kind of the overarching detail, but then you get specifics in the weeks and months to come. Um, Alexis Canoe of um, the uh, the foundation that oversees uh, and protects Lake Winnipeg is pleased that there's hundreds of millions of dollars over the years ahead to address some of the problems of Lake Winnipeg. And we'll get beyond just the, the the pilot project stage and actually do something about it. So that combined with what we're doing on the sewage treatment here in Winnipeg and perhaps other rules and regulations around agriculture um, will start to address some of the problems of Lake Winnipeg. So that's Manitoba specific. When you talk to people that are dealing with poverty in the inner city, you know, the, the, the check, of course, it's not going to be refused, but, you know, for a family of, of four, it's, you know, 467 bucks back. That That's really one trip to the grocery store for that family of four, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. If you're doing your weekly shop, 500 bucks isn't out of the question, Brett. Now, Rich, the government scaled back the annual increase in the alcohol tax. It was going to jump by 6%-ish. Now they've capped it at 2%. Were there other compromises that stuck out for you? Yeah, there are compromises there. And and talk about an effective ad campaign, right? Using, you know, the Bob and Doug McKenzie um, nationwide. And people perceived this as a whopping increase. And it was only going to be a few cents on a on a case of beer, and now it's even less than that. Um, You know, I look at some of what was announced yesterday, and it's flushing out details that were originally announced in the in the last budget. Um, So on housing affordability, there's this tax free first home savings account. It was announced last year, it will officially launch this April 1st. And so um, you'll be able to put some money aside if you're trying to get into that first time home. So that's good. That's, you know, like the education um, savings uh, that you invest. And I know, Greg, you invested for your kids at an early age. Um, There's more tax um, uh, breaks here for us, but 
big tax breaks for industry that are trying to convert to the green economy. And again, um, this is locking in future governments as well. So let's say um, Pierre Polyev becomes the next prime minister. What's in this budget on the green side really does lock in future governments for these subsidies as well. Um, but this is the cost of converting to a green economy. So, you know, the larger industries that are struggling to convert, they'll be able to take advantage of these very healthy uh, subsidies as well. And interestingly enough, we had Dan Kelly on from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and um, the budget announced commitments from Visa, MasterCard to cut credit card processing fees, the small businesses up to 27%. So that's something uh, Kelly has been lobbying for for quite some time. But on the other hand, your airport security fees are going to go up uh, for not only domestic, but international flights. So there's some goodies in this, but there's some also some fairly significant tax measures in this uh, budget as well. Lots more on the table, lots more to discuss, Rich. But as you know, time is our enemy. We appreciate you getting up early. I know you were up anyway, but uh, being radio ready at this hour isn't necessarily the easiest thing. So we appreciate it. Go enjoy the rest of your oatmeal. Thank you so very much. Go Jets, go. Richard Kluge, co-host of the News Weekdays, 3 until 6 on 680 CJOB, alongside Julie Buckingham. It is Mackling and McGarry McNabb is off for the rest of the week. We're asking you your food, your drink, Achilles heels for a chance to win either some Manitoba Moose tickets on April 7th against the Griffins from Grand Rapids or tickets for the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place from April 7th to the 9th. Eve says, Bothwell cheese for me too, because you read one earlier from Mike, I believe it was Greg, who said anything cheese and then shout out to Bothwell. But Eve says, however, the most draw for him, the biggest draw is fresh straight from packaging cheese curds that you can buy at the factory. They're still warm from the processing and are oh so squeaky. If I open the package, look out. Don't they call those squeakers? I believe so. Some, right? And the, the, the cheese curds that you use for poutine. Shouldn't be talking about poutine at 7.19 in the morning, <laughs> but here we are. Thanks a lot, Eve. Yeah, that's uh, that's another one. I can't, uh, if I go to a restaurant, doesn't matter what the options are for sides. If you want salad, if you want soup, it's like, do you make poutine? <laughs> yep, yep. Poutine it is. $2 for fries extra or like nineteen seventy five for poutine. And McGarry's all in on the nineteen seventy five poutine. Doesn't matter the price, does it? Do you even look at it? No. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Put it straight into my veins. Yeah. And uh, another one for me. So the, the for me, the, the Achilles heel is salty snacks in the sense that I will sudden get sudden cravings and then I, I can't eradicate the craving. It's like the movie Inception. The hardest bacteria to eliminate is an idea. Because once it's planted, once it takes hold, mm-hmm. it's it's tough to get rid of. But another thing for me is ice cream. I rarely have it. But if I do have it in my home, I can't stop eating it until it's gone. And if I, I'm in the same boat with ice cream, if I've decided I want it, I will go, I will get it. And the other one like that, you mentioned that bacteria of the brain is planting that seed. Lobster bisque soup 
like, man, I'll drive halfway across the city for a good lobster yeah? bisque. Oh, yeah. And if I have it in my mind that I'm getting it today, I'm, I'm going. I'm getting it today. You will track it down. So 204-780-6868, your Achilles heel for food or drink. And if you have any tips on how to combat those cravings, if you get those moments, do you have any tricks on how to defeat your craving? It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off for the rest of the week. Coming up after Global News at 8.05, we're going to speak to Manitoba Harvest about the federal budget and the grocery rebate and just find out how many people are in need of Manitoba Harvest's help these days because, as we've been telling you in recent months, uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. So that's coming up at 8.05. And at 8.35, Cameron Poitras, host of Jets at Noon, joins us for our weekly Wednesday Jets chat. But right now we want to talk about a different hockey team. The Winnipeg Ice begin their quest for the Memorial Cup Friday night at the Ice Cave inside Wayne Fleming Arena to open the Western Hockey League playoffs as they host the Medicine Hat Tigers. So if you haven't been paying attention, and if you haven't been, you should have been, the Ice completed the 68 regular season schedule, 68 games rather, with a league best 57-10-1 record with a 5-3 decision over the Brandon Wheat Kings this past Saturday night. In fact, uh, the Ice swept the Wheat Kings in the Battle of Manitoba over the course of the WHL season, winning all 10 games between the two. Our guest this morning scored twice uh, versus uh, Brandon. Let's welcome to the start Philadelphia Flyers draft choice, Wayne Wright, Alberta-born, Winnipeg ice forward, Connor McLennan. Connor, good morning. Thanks for getting up early with us. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for having us on, guys. So congratulations on an outstanding regular season. Incredibly, uh, the words that come to mind for me, complete and consistent. How do you stay focused for 68 games when you're winning you know, I'll I'll say it. I know you won't, but almost winning at will when you're when you're winning games night after night. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long year, so it's uh, it's tough to have your best stuff every night. Um, so I think just uh, just kind of goes to show the depth of our team. Um, you'd have some guys go on some nights and others go on other nights. So um, you know, we're uh, we're just focused on the playoffs now. But uh, it was just uh, it was a really good regular season for us. 92 points split evenly with 46 goals and 46 assists. How would you describe your style of play? Um, I think I'm a shoot first kind of offensive um, player who can uh, still play in both ends of the ice. But um, I think uh, my game kind of thrives in the power play. Um, Smaller guy, so trying to get to the inside. Um, But yeah, that's kind of my style. When you're uh, when you're getting as many goals as assists, maybe you're uh, underplaying your your uh, your team concept there. Talk about that idea of, of of distributing the puck as well as like not to harp on the Winnipeg Jets, but that's one of the things I think we're seeing right now that the Jets are passing up golden uh, you know shot opportunities uh, to to make that second, third, or extra pass that that probably isn't suggested. You know, talk about being a shot first kind of guy. Yeah, I think uh, just kind of I play with a couple guys who pass first, uh, playing with Matt Savoy and Zach Benson for the majority of the year, and um, they're kind of pass first guys. So when I get it, I'm usually uh, usually in a scoring area, and um, usually I'm fortunate enough to put them home. But um, a lot of kudos to uh, to those two, and and I guess my team as well. You've been a member of this team now, this ice team, first in Cranbrook, now here since 2017. What's it like to essentially grow up? 
away from home. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, the last five years went by and in, uh, incredibly fast. And um, I'm super fortunate to have had uh, two great billet families since I've entered the league. And um, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't be doable without them. Um, the Byrams and Cranbrook and Val and Richie Miller here. Um, I owe a lot to those those four people. And um, just super fortunate. And um, I guess uh, it's been a lot of fun um, going through the last five years. We hear a lot about the Billet families and the relationship that, that grows out of that. I've known a couple Billet families over the years, in particular back in BC in the BCJHL days, uh, the Vernon Vipers. And th- there's a, that's a genuine relationship, Connor. You, you, you become like the, the other son. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you're involved in um, all family dinners, um, going to kids' sporting events, the younger kids. And, um, no, you're just uh, just super thankful for uh, what they're willing to do and just welcome you into their home. So um, I owe a lot of appreciation to those uh, those people. What about mom and dad back home in Wainwright? That's, that can't be easy to let uh, – you're the oldest, right? Oldest of three. So, you know, that, that couldn't have been easy for mom and dad to, to give you the – the keys to the car, so to speak, at 15 and let you move to BC and start this journey. That That's special. Yeah, no, for sure. I, uh, I thank them um, every time for, uh, for giving me the opportunity to, to come out here and play and um, go through this whole process. And um, my dad doesn't miss too many games. Uh, he's always, uh, he's always behind the wheel traveling to uh, whenever he can. And um, no, just, uh, just super thankful for mom and dad uh, giving me this opportunity. How often do you, or how much time do you get to spend in Alberta, back home? Yeah, kind of just uh, whenever the year's done, uh, I get to go home. Uh, usually take a couple weeks off from from hockey, and usually that's uh, that's some quality family time. And then uh, the rest of summer's pretty busy with training and camps and and whatnot. So um, once things kind of get going, you're not home a whole bunch. But um, I'd probably say a couple months. I'm I'm actually spending in my own bed. So uh, the first step on what you hope will be uh, several steps towards a WHL championship and a visit to to Kamloops for the Memorial Cup. What would it mean to wrap up your junior career with the Memorial Cup appearance and, and you know, dare we dream uh, to, to win that uh, glorious trophy? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the goal of mine. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, there's a lot of steps that, uh, that'll go through for us to get there. But, um, first of all, it starts Friday against the Tigers and I think, uh, we're all excited for it. Um, we got a lot of confidence in this group and, um, we're just ready to get going. I was a big, uh, play, a fan of your coach when he was a player. Talk about James Patrick as a coach. He's obviously been incredible, successful, but just talk about maybe just a little bit about your relationship with him and the impact that that coach Patrick has uh, on you and the rest of the team. Yeah, I think uh, just just how hard he uh, has got us to work all year. I think that's uh, I've built such a good relationship with James over the last five years. Um, he gets the best out of me and um, expects expects a lot out of our group. And um, just uh, he was such a from what I heard a hardworking player back then, and he ex- still still expects the same from his players. So um, I think uh, we can all vouch and say that uh, that we owe him a lot um, for what he's given us and. Um, I think we're all just trying to pull together and uh, go win a championship now. So you play, you know, you you play hockey for the ice. You mentioned that you get a couple of weeks with your family, and then it's back to training and camps and whatnot. So 
you know, for most of us, these games we play, whether it's hockey or basketball, I like to play golf. It's just recreational, it's hobby, and I do it when I have time. But when you get to play this game that you love full time, did, did you ever sort of stop and go, wow, I kind of lucked out here? Yeah, no, I think uh, you look back and you're pretty fortunate uh, what mom and dad have given you the opportunity to do. I moved away when I was 13 to Kelowna to go play Bantam hockey. So um, just for them to give me that opportunity to kind of fulfill my dream. And um, now I'm here uh, fifth year in the Western League and um, just super fortunate uh, for what they gave me. And um, you definitely look back and are like, wow, that's uh, that's pretty cool. But um, I guess 200. 43 regular season games later, I guess uh, it's coming to an end, but um, hopefully uh, hopefully a long playoff run here. Well, we wish you tons of luck, Connor. We encourage folks to get out to the University of Manitoba. The Ice Cave at Wayne Fleming Arena would be uh, disappointing to see anything less than a full house there uh, throughout the, the playoffs. Best of luck, and, and thanks again for, for making time for us this morning, Connor. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Winnipeg Ice forward Connor McLennan joining us live on 680 CJOB as the ice gets set to begin their playoff run in the Western Hockey League. It is Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is off the rest of the week. Before we talk some hockey with Cameron Poitras, a reminder, we're asking you for your Achilles heel, whether it's food or drink, as it relates to the fact that we now have a really fancy old popcorn cart in our kitchen for the next few days on loan from our landlord, Harvard Properties. And it's delicious, and I hate it that it's in the building because I want it constantly, and I can't go down the hall without smelling it. And uh, I'm trying to lose weight, and popcorn is bad uh, for me. Greg says, Greg's on your uh, boat here, Greg, because he says my Achilles heel is plain old Coca-Cola. Yeah, baby. Not Coke Zero, not Diet Coke, Mm -hmm. not the disastrous experiments that were vanilla Coke or Coke Lime. It is so bad that if I were made to choose between Coke or death, then Coke would win every time. Wife, kids, they're replaceable. Coke isn't... (laughs) says Greg, uh, whose last name I will not identify now that I've just read that. I know which last name without even reading it. I know who it is. Yeah, and I said to him, hey, uh, first of all, I like vanilla Coke. Uh, And I love when you go to the movies and they have those self-serve stations where they have like 75 different drinks you can pick from. They even have diet vanilla Coke. There you go. Wendy's has that too. Yeah, so, but I said, but I concur, plain old Coke is difficult. You can't have just one can. If I have one can, I'm having four, maybe five. And Greg says, four or five, (laughs) lightweight. Greg, you're in the running for the prize today. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Uh, So keep those coming. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. We've got two prizes up for grabs. The winner will choose Manitoba Moose versus Grand Rapids on April 7th or Living Green Gardening Show, Red River Exhibition Place, April 7th to the 9th. The San Jose Sharks won their second game in 16 starts last night with a 3-0 win over the Winnipeg Jets. That second win, March 6th versus the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and if you go back to the All-Star break, the Sharks have won four games, two of them against a team now fighting for its playoff life. And yes, that's the team we're going to discuss right now. The Winnipeg Jets are now just two points ahead of the Calgary Flames and three clear of the Nashville Predators in the battle for the final 
eighth and uh, final eighth uh, playoff spot in the West. Normally, if we play comments from a player or a coach, we will tighten up the gaps between the answers, the ums, the ahs, the you knows when possible. But in this clip, we think you will agree the gaps between the answers are as critical as the answers themselves. Here's head coach Rick Bonus as he tries to put into words exactly what's going on with his team. And then they become the inconsistencies of some of our players uh, is hurting us. Um, you know, if some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank, they're dreaming. Um, so we got a lot of guys in there giving us everything they can, and we just need a few more guys to jump on board. It's not over. We're still in eighth spot, and uh, we're going to find out what we're made of over the next little while. How do you reach those guys, Rick? The guys that you need more from, how do you reach them? Listen, that's what I, there's, there comes a point where your pride has to take over. How do you reach them? There comes a point where their personal pride has to take over. If someone has to go in there and, and point that out to them, then, uh, then, then there's, there's a big problem right there. So, as I said, we're going to find out what we're made of. We're going to find out what everyone in that room is made of over the next little while. Cam Poitras, his co-host of Jets at Noon, joins us now to discuss the mystery wrapped in a riddle. That has become the Winnipeg Jets 2022-23 season. A comment and then a question for you, Cam. Okay. So the Jets have seven games left in the regular season. They may have seven games left as a group, as we know it, period. This is shades of what we heard from Rick Bonus there. This is shades of Mark Shifley's inability to, to answer a question about the team identity late last year. Rick Bonus clearly feeling much like almost every Jets fan, running out of plausibilities, running out of ways to explain the inexplicable. Like, what's going on here, man? Um, well, there's certain players on this team that are not on the same page as the rest of it. And it's killing offense. It's taking away, um, like, listen, there was enough chances yesterday, and Rick Bonus even said that for them, the Winnipeg Jets, to win that game. But, like, I, you, you go, they can't score first. Then you get to the point where they're chasing the game. And, and it's, they've given up, I think, over the last, they've, over their last number of games, I think it lasts 17 games or 18 now. They've given up the first goal 15 times. And over that, 11 of those goals of the first of the first goal that they've allowed has happened in the first 10 minutes of that game. That the Jets have got, gotten behind that early. Most of them before the first TV timeout, which means about the first five minutes. Nine of them in the first five and a half minutes. So that's where the Winnipeg Jets are. So they're, they're playing from behind. Then you have, and listen, everybody and their dog knows what's going on. If you're watching that hockey game, you go and rewatch those highlights on that. I'm sure you watched it several times. Watch that second goal. Mark Shifley turns the puck over um, uh, on the boards. And then what I would say is a disengaged attempt at defense. It ends up in the back of the net early in the third period, and you're down 2 nothing to the San Jose Sharks, the worst team in the league. There are certain players right now on this, on this, on this club that are not um, on the same page as the rest of them. And it's, it's not working. It, when everybody was on the same page and was pulling on the rope, this team was electric. They were winning. They were scoring goals. As soon as that stopped, now see, you, you, you said it was a mystery wrapped in a puzzle. It was, but now it, the puzzle starting to unravel. The the mystery starting to unravel. The, the the present is starting to get opened, and you know what's inside 
doesn't look too good. And it hasn't looked good. Not to say it can't turn things around over these last seven games, but I'm losing hope, Mr. Greg Mackling. Doesn't sound like I want to know what's in the box. Lots of frustration <laughs> with the stars on this team right now, Cam. Yeah. At the top of this list, and we've had a lot of people on our text line point out this person, Shifley. Yeah. Spoke to the media last night, first time in a while. There are at least 10 tried and true sports cliches in this clip from the team's leading goal scorer and one of the assistant captains. So let's hear that. It's tough, you know. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And um, obviously, right now, it's. Uh, you know the pressure mounts for sure, but um, you, know, you just gotta you just gotta know there's a there's a there's a plan for everything, and I just gotta try to keep on working hard and try to keep my head up and and stay positive, and and you know that goes for every guy in this room. We gotta we gotta stay positive with each other. We gotta um, continue to go to work, and um, you know obviously a big practice on Thursday, and obviously it's nice to to be going going home to our fans, and 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 you know it feels like we haven't been at home at all this this month, but um, you know just wanna you know. <laughs> it's tough to say, you know. It's 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 hard when when they're not going in for you, and uh, especially you know the year uh, that it's been so far. So, um, you know, that's uh, you know I just have to have to trust in God's plan and just try to try to work hard and and do all I can do and and know it'll turn around. Yeah, um, I don't know what to what to say about that. I mean, yeah, I think there needs to be an element of staying positive here, but there needs to be a little bit of a dose of reality as to what is actually happening. Um, and, and what's leading to what's going on. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to comment on, on Mark Shifley's faith. And obviously that's important to him and important to a lot of our listeners as well. Um, but a lot of this is on, in, in my opinion, a lot of this is on Mark Shifley and, and how he's played over the last little bit. And, and, and again, I said it in the earlier answer too, as well. That, I mean, this is, um, this is, a, this is a situation where everyone and their dog is watching knows, knows what's happening here. There's, there's no hiding this. This is a smart hockey market. Um, I, I, it, it actually physically makes me sick that I have to come out here and, and say this about Mark Shifley. He's the first guy that got drafted by this team. When the, when, the, when the team's name was announced on stage by Mark Chipman back in St. Paul's all those years ago, doesn't seem, sometimes it seems long ago, sometimes it seems short ago, he was the guy who got drafted by the Winnipeg Jets first overall. He, was, you know, he didn't even have a jersey to put on at that time. He was wearing an NHL jersey. Everybody remembers that. And then, um, you know, to, to, to see this, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm lost for words. Honestly, it, it, it hurts. I'm not a, I'm not a sports journalist. Like Ken Weeb, Murata Tesh, those guys are sports journalists. I'm, I'm a fan through and through. That's who I am. And I'm, it's, it's, it's so disappointing to see what's happening in this team. And, and, and this is Mark Shifley's team. If he goes, these guys are going to follow him. This is his team. Is he going to take the reins? Is he going to go forward here? He's getting called out by the coach constantly. You touch on something here, Cam, that I want to mention before before we go here. But this team, this business of the NHL works in Winnipeg because of commitment. And it's commitment from the fans. It's commitment from the businesses in this community who purchase tickets and the ownership, their commitment to own and operate the team. We got to remember, this is the smallest market in the NHL. It's one of the two or three smallest markets in all of professional sports. It's the smallest rink in the NHL and this dramatic tumble from first place has been hard to watch. Mm -hmm. It's hard to blame anyone if they're getting frustrated. And in other markets, when the hockey team is playing poorly, they pay attention to the NFL team or the MLB team. That's not the situation here. People are passionate about this, this team and, and they're dying for a reason to a 
get to the playoffs and to purchase playoff tickets, but how do you convince them to do that at this point? As long as there's breath in my lungs and my heart's beating in my chest and my eyes can still turn toward the horizon, I'm going to be a Winnipeg Jets fan. And that's the end of it. Like, I'm not ever going to cheer for any other team. Um, it's... it's um, I, and it, you know, I'm born and raised in Winnipeg here. People want to see this team go out and work. They yep. want to see those guys go out there and give it their all. That honestly, this team could be in this situation where they are right now, and the, and, and and the fans and everybody could see them on the ice playing their guts out every single night with 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 desperation and urgency and all that. And I think it would be a lot. Like I mean, I understand there was a long honeymoon period for the Winnipeg Jets when they when when the, when you know the Atlanta Thrashers relocated here. But that, those teams went out and they put their gut, they put their guts out on the ice, and the fans responded and they loved it and they kept going back, and they believed in it, and that belief and that hope is is starting to to fade. I, I like, there just there needs to be hard work. That's what the fans want to see. They, yep. This is a blue collar town. Got and, it, man. Yeah, I yeah. It's that's what the fans want, and they can see it that it's not happening on the ice from some specific players. Um, it's more than Mark Scheifele. I don't want to put all the blame on him. Uh, there's 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 guys out there too that are not giving their guts out. And when you have your head coach Rick Bonus coming out and calling them out and saying that if 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 they're not going out there and giving it, if those guys think they're giving everything that they have in the tank, they're dreaming, and that's coming from your head coach. There's issues here, and this is not something that just came up overnight. It's been it's been building for months. Cameron Poitras is co-host of Jets at Noon with Jim Toth, weekdays on 680 CJOB, alongside our sports anchor in the morning. Cameron, thank you very much for that passion, and you can weigh in at 204-780-6868 on our text line. Since taking the reins as leader of the Manitoba PC party, Premier Heather Stephenson has been hampered by one of the lowest public opinion ratings of any Premier in the country. Yesterday, some potential good news for the Premier on the popularity of her party as we head towards an election on October 3rd. An opinion poll conducted by Probe Research found 44% of decided respondents said they would support the opposition New Democrats if the vote was held now, compared with 38%. For the governing progressive conservatives, the survey of 1,000 Manitobans was conducted between March 8th and 20th after the provincial budget was delivered, and it is considered accurate to within plus or minus 3.1 percentage points. With all those disclaimers out in the open, we welcome Scott Mackay, president and founder of Probe Research. Scott, good morning. Hi, guys. How does the latest findings or findings compare to the data you collected in December? Well, you know, in December, we had a gulf of about 11 points between the uh, two main parties in Manitoba, uh, with the opposition NDP being about 11 points ahead of the governing Conservatives. But this time, we've noticed that the NDP numbers tick down just ever so slightly by two points. But meanwhile, the Conservative numbers risen by three points. So that made that 11-point gap uh, uh, about six points now. So now... You're looking at this thinking, hmm, maybe this is more competitive than it has been looking for a while. Now, the NDP lead is more pronounced inside Winnipeg. So what are you seeing in those ridings within the city? Yeah, we don't really look at the riding level. Um, our, our sample is really not large enough to, to zero right in on those. But we can see that within the city itself and compared especially to outside of the city, that the NDP is hugely popular here. Um, and, and this, after all, is where most of the electoral action will occur during an election. So 
Um, and, and by the way, those numbers, that gap, that gap that I was just talking about province-wide, it hadn't moved quite as much in the city as it had elsewhere. So uh, this, the city remains the, uh, the battleground, and the NDP are still well in front. Scott, uh, the, the leadership of the NDP and the leadership of the, of the PC party in our province, uh, those two individuals are, are polarizing individuals in my estimation and, and from, from speaking to a lot of people who, who love our province. Uh, some have a hard time with the idea of maybe voting for the NDP with Wab Canoe as leader. We already know Heather Stephenson's popularity with these polls in comparison to other premiers. I think that was suggesting to some that perhaps there was an opening for the liberals here with this sort of season of discontent following the pandemic. Has that been the case? Is that the case? Could it be the case? No. And, and, you know, that's maybe the other interesting point about this current poll is that we see for the first time the liberals are down in the single digits. We have them at 9%. We haven't seen that for a long time. And in fact, in the last election um, in, in September of 2019, the Liberals actually captured 14% of the vote. And that's not huge by any means, but it's, it's a lot better than the 9% we've pegged them at today. So the, the, it's kind of the opposite is happening. The, something is falling apart with the Liberals here. And we, we have one theory, which is that it may have something to do with the popularity of the federal Liberals, which is also in decline. And we often see that sort of brand problem where the, the Manitoba Liberals are sort of uh, branded along with the federal Liberals, and they suffer for that. Now, as far as budget stuff goes, we saw the federal budget released yesterday. What impact do we see from the provincial budget in terms of these latest poll results? Well, you know, that, that is one major event that occurred sort of between our two polls, between our December sounding and the current poll. So, you know, without really knowing for sure, we could say, though, that that, that budget might have impressed some people because, um, you know, after all, the the governing party had control of the agenda, the timing, etc. So we're thinking that maybe the budget went off uh, OK and that might have moved some some people into their column. Scott, is there anything you want to get out there that we didn't ask you about before we let you run? No, you know, I just I was thinking this morning when I was listening to your radio station, I was thinking that somehow the analogy is like the Winnipeg Jets for the governing uh, conservatives, because, you know, here they are, a party that had its former glory. It had a honeymoon, in fact, and it suddenly sort of started to fall apart. And now what, you know, you're going to see the true believers in the core of that party remain optimistic and hopeful, but they are running out of time. And uh, like the Jets, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So um, this is getting very tight and timing is, you know, not on their side. President and founder of Probe Research, Scott Mackay. Scott, we appreciate your your insight and uh, tying things all together for us this morning. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Scott Mackay joining us live on 680 CJOB. It is Mackling and McGarry. We have either tickets to give away for the Manitoba Moose versus Grand Rapids on April 7th or two tickets for the Living Green Gardening Show at Red River Exhibition Place April 7th to 9th. We're asking you when it comes to food or drink, what's your Achilles heel? For me, it's salty snacks, for whether it's potato chips or, in the case of what we have in our building right now, popcorn. We had, I guess, once upon a time, we 
borrowed a popcorn maker from our landlord, Harvard Properties. I've heard legendary tales of this thing. Oh, so this isn't brand new? No. Oh. And somehow they managed to, to get it back for a little while. So we've got people walking around eating little bags of popcorn. Like it, it, when we talk about a popcorn maker, like this is like something you would see in like at the Red River X, sure, in the, like or like in a, some sort of a street fair or like a like an old timey movie theater. Like it's got wheels on it, um, and it's delicious. And I and I, I have like popcorn. I love chips, but I think popcorn might be the worst for me. The only mistake we uh, have made so far, Brett, is not wheeling that thing right into our studio. <laughs> Do not. Do not do it, please. Well, it might, it might be here when you get here tomorrow oh, morning. Oh, I will uh, I'll throw it out the window. I don't care how many <laughs> panes of glass these uh, windows have. That cart's going out. But uh, so we're asking you to tell us what's your Achilles heel. And uh, as always, we'll go through a couple of runners up here before we read the winner. Alyssa says, my Achilles heel is snarf and salt and vinegar. What, what is that? Well, the snarf is a shrimp dip that I make. So a shrimp dip, Greg. You like shrimp? Melissa. Snarf is a shrimp dip I make and uh, eats it with salt and vinegar chips. Absolute weakness, says Alyssa. Hopefully they are the Mrs. Vicky's salt and vinegar chips because we had uh, one of our listeners, and the name escapes me here, but one of them pointed out the Mrs. Vicky's chips, and that's another problem for me because any, pretty much any flavor in the Mrs. Vicky's variety I'm down with. I love those kettle cooked chips. I like the sour cream and uh, sweet chili ones myself. Oh, yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, We had Rudy, who says my favorite snack before a hockey game or football in the summer is uh, Cheetos. They melt in your mouth. And then I fall asleep before the end of the game. Only to ask Google in the morning if my Winnipeg won. (laughs) Those Cheetos are addictive. They should be illegal. Mm -hmm. They are. Those puffs. The puffs. I remember well, Skyler was talking about the Costco bag of munchies. Yes. Well, the Costco bag of Cheetos puffs. Um, I was. I had the whole bag to myself, sitting on the couch one day when I was a teenager. And my mom says, "Are you going to share those?" I'm like, "Well, I could eat this whole thing." And she says, "I dare you. You can't eat that whole thing." Uh, I was 15 years old. I could eat pretty much anything. Well, the the thing is, once you put it in your mouth and if you let it melt in your mouth, it really dissolves into nothing. So you're really consuming air, Brett. Pretty much. <laughs> it's very delightfully tasty and horrifically messy air. Yeah, well, and on that same vein are those uh, those sour cream and onion puffs yep. that you can get shaped in the rings or sometimes you get them like in a honeycomb shape. Those are addictive, too. I like those. They come now in uh, the Paws variety. I saw Chester Cheetah on the, the, the uh, new bag of uh, sour stay cream out onion Paws. Stay out of that aisle. Well, they're right there when you walk I in know, or when you're walking out. Cap. That's true. You, yeah. you, you don't have a chance, do you? No, they really don't. Uh, Debbie says, uh, just offering a tip for my fellow chip lovers out there, All right. eating chips straight out of the freezer brings them to a whole new level. Have you ever tried this? Frozen chips? Well, I think I'm in the same boat as you, so they, they would never make it that far. <laughs> that means placing them somewhere other than uh, in the in, in, in the pantry or, <laughs> as you said, right right into your belly. Yeah, the problem with chips is once they enter my home, they tend to immediately enter my belly. So getting them into the... The most discipline I have to show with chips is if I make onion dip. If I actually get sour cream and get the onion soup, you got to let it sit for like an hour Half an hour to an hour at least. Uh, so that's that requires the discipline of 
not getting, not eating the chips. So maybe that's the solution. Next Hold time I on. get onion dip, put the chips in the freezer. Hold on. You you have to whip it up and then put it in the fridge and yeah. let it set up? I like to let it sit. I don't like to just eat it. You got to let it, you gotta I let it sit. I can't do that. <laughs> but our winner, Greg, is Greg. My Achilles heel is plain old Coca-Cola, not Coke Zero, not Diet Coke, not the disastrous experiments that were vanilla Coke or Coke Lime. It is so bad that if I were made to choose between Coke or death, then Coke would win every time. Wife, <laughs> kids, mm. they're replaceable. Coke <laughs> is not. I <laughs> uh, love the enthusiasm, Greg. You're the winner. And I said to him, hey, uh, if I have one can, I'm having four or five, so I get it. And he says, four or five? Lightweight, empty calories, but so worth it. So, Greg, stay away from those empty calories. In the meantime, you get to pick the prize, and then we'll hand out the second prize in our next half hour.